You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Yesterday on the show, we talked with author and pastor Jim Wallace about race and moral responsibility in the Trump era. He talked about the question of how we as human beings should view and treat the most vulnerable among us. Another man of the cloth, former Fordham University professor Ray Schroth, recently pointed out the fact that Trump missed out on a Jesuit education at Fordham that may have made him think differently about those questions. Trump attended Fordham for his first two years as an undergraduate, but then he left to attend the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School of Business. Schroth says he left before he had the opportunity to benefit from the meat of Fordham's liberal arts curriculum, which focuses on humanities, philosophy, and an educational culture that promotes openness and compassion. And I must say, as the product of a Jesuit education here in the city of Detroit, there are a lot of other things about our obligations to each other that the Jesuits spend a lot of time trying to teach people. Uh, Joining me now to talk about this issue is Father Ray Schroth. Father, welcome to Detroit Today. Well, thank you very much. Absolutely. I should also mention that you are the author of Fordham, a history and memoir, uh, and the, the book's editor at America Magazine. Let's let's talk quickly uh, about the philosophy that guides Jesuit education at a place like Fordham. I would imagine it's very similar to what I encountered at the University of Detroit Jesuit High School here in the city of Detroit. Well, where shall I start? I, I think... Uh there are a number of things that uh, stand out from my experience and that go back to the days of St. Ignatius himself. And I'd say the first thing is uh, personal attention. Uh, we had a few more Jesuits then than we have now, but what stands out is that the, the Jesuits, as faculty and as teachers, are also in a position they can offer uh, both guidance and friendships to uh, to the students, and that that's the way of education that uh, is slipping a little bit. Now, the the other thing is the traditional uh, liberal arts curriculum is goes back to you you would start with Latin and Greek, <laughs> and and then gradually move through the classics of literature of the Western world, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it, uh, it, it's both a moral experience to be reading Dostoevsky, Tolstoy, or Orwell, or even even Hemingway, um, but it's also a excuse expression, a, a practical training that the more you know, uh, the more able uh, you are able to uh, to move in different uh, levels of society. Ironically. Um, that's also something that Trump could have profited by, namely what you bring to conversation depends what your education has been. And that's uh, that's helpful in business as well as it is in personal relationships. Yeah. Uh, and as I pointed out, uh, the president did not stay four years at, at Fordham. He went to, to Penn right. to the Wharton Business School. Uh, talk about some of the things he might have experienced at, at Fordham had he stayed. That, those if he had years. stayed around? Yeah. Well, I think uh, he would have had uh, – well, I, I studied the curriculum that as it stood 
back in uh, 64, 65. And uh, it's quite specific in an advanced English course, for instance, that you do read the the classics of the the Western world. Now, the, the contemporary curriculum would include the Middle Eastern world and the Eastern world. Uh, but at, at, at that time, we were very European-oriented uh, intellectually, both historically and in, in, in the present. Um, so uh, you'd be familiar with with, with the great literature. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, um, the curriculum was strong in uh, philosophy and theology. Now, uh, 10 or 15 years after, uh, because of the rise of the influence of both the sciences and the social sciences, uh, some of that got cut back. But in the early 60s, you would probably have as many as at least maybe four uh, philosophy courses and an equal number or more of theology courses. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, because he was not Catholic, he could have gotten out of taking the theology courses. But uh, what are you missing? Well, you're, by that, you're missing a chance to uh, read the greatest literature of all time is the Bible and, and the, the moral demands that Jesus puts on us in, um, in the New Testament, and uh, which most of which has been incorporated into contemporary social justice teaching. Mm-hmm. So uh, that stuff he... You could have used, and you could use it today. Does that make sense to yeah. you? Yes, yes, it does. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. Uh, I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Father Ray Schroth, a former Fordham University professor, author of Fordham, a history and memoir, a books editor at America Magazine. We are talking about the time that President Donald Trump spent as a student at Fordham. Two years, the first two years of his college career, were at that Jesuit university before he went off to the University of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania's Wharton School of Business. We're talking about what Donald Trump might have gotten from a Jesuit education had he stayed for four years. Uh, what, what would he have learned? What might he have taken away from his experience at Fordham that might make him a different person today? Uh, maybe a more empathetic person, maybe a person who is more sensitive to the needs of the vulnerable. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Do you think that President Trump's outlook on life, for instance, the the callous way with which he talks about some of the vulnerable people in our society is a function of his education or the lack of exposure, perhaps, that he had to education. Uh, would this be a different person uh, if schooling looked different for him? And that's, there's a bigger question here, too, about the role of liberal arts education in forming us as adults, uh, forming our abilities to discuss issues, uh, to, to feel empathy for people who aren't like us. Uh, what role do we believe that college and uh, the, the things that we do uh, at liberal arts colleges in particular, might play on that. Again, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today 
we'll work your comments into the conversation. Uh, Father Stroth, I want to I want to talk to you some about the tremendous focus that Jesuits place on service. Uh, and and I, again, I can speak as someone who spent six years uh, at a Jesuit school uh, doing a lot of that service. Uh, that's also a, a, a big part of, of the dynamic that they're trying to create and the, the sense of place in the world that they're trying to impart to, to people. Uh, I would imagine that at Fordham, that's also part, a big part of what, what the focus is. Well, I think there's uh, two ways of approaching that. One is uh, the giving students the experience itself. Now, uh, when I was at Fordham in the 50s, as a student, uh, they opened up a junior year abroad program. And at that time, so I spent a year in Paris. Now, the effect of that of that on my personality, I hope. <laughs> At least I was told when I came back by some of my friends that I was a nicer guy after a year in Paris than I had had before. Uh, but that um, that has broadened now and into they just don't send students to Paris or London, um, but they could be to the Middle East or to Africa. And then uh, also there's a program called the Jesuit Volunteer Program, where at graduation, um, and many uh, you, you enter uh, a sort of a, a situation anywhere in the world or in the country uh, where you live with a small community of other volunteers and do sort of uh, civic uh, uh, I don't call it sacrifice. You're sacrificing yourself, but civic work in poor neighborhoods or in uh, uh, or in, in poor schools. Mm-hmm. So, the idea uh, that your education should be uh, capped with uh, a year in Alaska or in Latin America uh, is just. It's a natural part of the educational experience. Uh, then, um, the, the other way of uh, approaching it, I was having a, I was working on an article uh, last spring on education, on teaching itself, and I was talking to the novelist, the Richard Ford, who whom I know, and I said, "How? What one word would you give me that?" must be the result of teaching. Uh-huh. And he said, compassion. Right. Now, and he's not only right, but uh, it's, he's, uh, uh, compassion means entering into the life of another person. And you can do that by going to live in a poor neighborhood and uh, working in, in a social program, but you can do it through literature. In the sense that every anything that a novelist uh, puts in his book is something that he or she has experienced and wants to share that experience with you. So that becomes your ex- experience. Um, yeah. And I saw the film just the other day on uh, James Baldwin. It was one of the greatest films I've seen. Mm-hmm. Documentaries. I've seen in my life, and I've read just about 
everything that he that he wrote that I uh, back in the sixties and published an article on it. But the effect of his eloquence, and I'm sorry he did not have a Jesuit education, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the effect of his eloquence is, is based on his broad reading as well as his certain amount of suffering that he's had to go through because of uh, the condition of his race. And uh, so he passes that along through well, he's teaching us through through literature, and so uh, literature is a human experience. It sometimes is the equivalent to, or a good, almost a satisfactory substitute to to going to Africa. Now, I've I've been to an awful lot of countries, and uh, I, um, I I believe what I'm saying. But get back to someone like Hemingway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hemingway says, uh, he gives the analogy of the iceberg, and everything that ninety percent of the iceberg that's underwater is your education, uh, the experiences you've had, and then he would tell a, a, a would-be writer, read everything. So you have to enter life one, with an attitude that you will go everywhere and read everything. Right? Mm. And uh, no one explained that to the current president of the United States <laughs> at a time that uh, would that could have been him. critical for him. Sure. But, yeah. Okay, uh, Father Ray Schroth, former Fordham University professor, author of Fordham History and Memoir, books editor at America Magazine. I want to thank you for being here with us on Detroit today. Uh, and uh, yeah, and up next, we're going to continue our conversation about the effect of a liberal arts education on who you are as an adult, the things that you think, the way you behave. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones, 313-577-1019. We will get to your calls next. We'll be right back. listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We've been talking about how a well-rounded Jesuit-style liberal arts degree could have shaped President Trump had he not left Fordham University after only two years of college there. That begs the questions, what is the value of a liberal arts degree in 2017? We hear a lot these days about encouraging more students to go into skilled trades and technical fields because they come with more job opportunities, less student debt, and probably better salaries. Is that true? And is the educational value alone of a liberal arts degree still worth it? Uh, joining me now to continue that conversation is Dave Kogel, uh, University of Detroit Mercy Philosoph- Philosophy uh, press Professor. Uh, Dave, welcome to Detroit Today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, quickly, talk about uh, what you think the value of a liberal arts degree is right now. I hear even in academia, there is a, a strong debate about what the focus should be, uh, what the what what kids should be doing when they are this sort of formative age. Uh, should they be expanding their minds or should they just be getting skills uh, to get a paycheck? Well, to sort of 
confirm your first point. It's it's a hard sell, uh, even in a Jesuit uh, university or in a Jesuit educational uh, system. Uh, in a Jesuit uh, university, they're going to get a very good, strong exposure to the liberal arts, and that's going to definitely expand their world. And um, and most Jesuit universities also have a lot of you know professional programs. I teach at Detroit Mercy. We have lots of really great programs in nursing and business and engineering and architecture and other places. But all of those graduates are going to come out with a very good, strong uh, centering in literature, in religious studies, in philosophy, um, and that's going to help them. The, the, the pitch that I typically make when I'm talking to potential second majors in philosophy is I'm saying, well, yeah, it's really important. I mean, no one's uh, against you making a living. Obviously, you need to sustain yourselves and be comfortable and have the chance of a life that will allow you to flourish. Um, but uh, taking your core courses, taking your philosophy and literature and history courses seriously is something that is going to expand the world. I think any education, uh, there, a dimension of it should be focused on making that world bigger for the 19, 20-year-old student that's coming through the door. Mm -hmm. And the second thing I would say is that it's also going to give them certain kinds of skills that's going to help them in their vocation, so they're complementary. But I think the most important point I would make is that um, this kind of education is going to make them better citizens because the world uh, is more complex than, and, uh, <laughs> and not focused just on their narrow profession, yeah. uh, but that it's going to help them kind of think about public policy better, yeah, maybe right. cast their votes in a more I mean, more I think one way. of the things that gets lost in this discussion is the strength that you draw from a liberal arts degree or, or, or even exploration of liberal arts subjects uh, in college that helps you manage mm -hmm. these highly skilled trades, for instance. I mean, even if you uh, want to be an engineer, mm -hmm. uh, there, there are values you can get from a liberal arts education that help you be a better engineer. Right. Yeah. I mean, and particularly in philosophy, and of course, I'm a little prejudiced, of course, but <laughs> I think that, you know, ultimately, what one of the things that philosophy can do for, let's say, hard science people and engineering people is that, well, in a lot of ways, they're kind of problem solvers. And sometimes problem solving involves thinking outside of that kind of the conventional box. Yeah. And philosophy is really well suited to sort of saying, okay, let's step back for this, for, from this for a second and say, can we think about this a different way? So it, it sort of encourages a kind of adventuresomeness in the way that students might think about things. And that's to their advantage. Our, our architecture program, actually, they get quite a lot of philosophy. Mm -hmm. And I think that they are some of the most intellectually adventure students, adventuresome students on our campus, yeah. and I really love working with them. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go to the phones here. Isaac in Sterling Heights, welcome to Detroit Today. How's it going? How's good, it going? how are you? Yeah. I'm very good. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. So I just wanted to talk about um, how, you know, had Trump gone or completed the, the Jesuit University, to me personally, I don't think his values would have really changed. Um, I, I'm actually a student at Detroit Mercy myself. Uh, David Kokel is actually my philosophy professor at the moment. Uh -huh. And um, as an engineer, going through going through the university, um, you you work you end up working with a ton of different people, and I, it could be biased just because of the area we're in. Um, I work with a lot of uh, Indian students, a lot of uh, Arabic students, and so. Even through engineering, you kind of um, you you're exposed to different people. You're at a point now, and and this is something I also think is is important. It's it's the education 
of, of people when it comes to, um, you know, when you see all these riots and everything and, and people say, oh, you know, I don't like you because of your race. I think a lot of it has to do with education. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm blind at my campus, but um, there, I, I haven't seen anything, you know, against anyone. I haven't seen any racial discrimination. I myself am a Mexican-American, and even, even with my peers, I, I haven't felt anything uh, racial like that. But regarding Trump, um, and the importance of, of liberal arts education. Uh-huh. Um, to me, while, while, you know, a lot of it's really, um, it, it is beneficial, I'm not going to lie, but to, you know, to, to, for him to have gone through with, with it and, and to have a different perspective, I don't think you think he was you think he was unreachable <laughs> maybe uh, Isaac I think a lot of people probably would agree with you about the uh, about the president uh thanks very much for the call though and 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 for relaying your experiences at uh, at U of D Mercy Thank I you. think that's uh that's very important let's go to Sean and Mount Clemens Sean welcome to Detroit today Hi Stephen hey. uh, long time listener I like your show quite a bit Thank you I appreciate that This subject is near and dear to my heart uh, something I've thought about for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've read uh, Closing of the American Mind by Alan Bloom, and um, Wendell Berry has written quite a bit about yes. specialization and its effects on our society. And uh, it certainly affects our educational system. We have a great deal of money that has to be spent to educate people today and to put them into a, a place where they can make a living and become you know, self-sustaining people. Um, because of the high cost of education, students today are squeezed. They, they don't have sure. the options that I think myself, I graduated from Michigan State University in 93. I had options because college was not nearly as expensive right. back then. I could get a liberal education, mm-hmm. and I had a wonderful one in Michigan State. I, I studied political philosophy, and for the first time in my life, I've heard anything about the difference between the way that the modern political philosophers thought about the world versus the ancients. That's allowed me to have a conversation about the world today that I never would have had. Uh, it, so it was it was the, the most important thing in my life. Yeah, uh, yeah. And for kids today, I'm afraid they just don't have that, that ability yeah. to, to spend four years trying to, uh, you know, to... to think deeply about things yeah. like justice. Yeah. Now, Sean, Sean, I, thanks yeah. very much for that call. Uh, we're, we're running out of time here, but that's a great point. I want to give uh, Dave Kokel uh, a chance to to respond to that. W- what do you tell mm-hmm. students who say, I, you know, I need to I need to get a job if mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. Uh, I can't waste my time mm-hmm. in your philosophy class. Right. I mean, first of all, oftentimes, like uh, you know, every student at UDM has to take a a course in Intro to Philosophy, and mm-hmm. I teach many sections of this course every year. And you know, I, I kind of say, well, I, I just sort of acknowledge the reality. I said, I know you're you're kind of flummoxed. Why are you here? Why do I have to take this? Look, I'm pre med. Right. And I'm saying, well, you know. Here's the reason. There's an educational philosophy behind it. It goes back 500 years. I give them that. And uh, and then I kind of say, well, and I'm not even expecting you to be a philosopher. I'm expecting you to just be a philosopher to, for 14 weeks. And to be a thinker. And to be a thinker, and that's going to help you no matter what. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dave Kokel, University of Detroit, Mercy philo- philosophy professor. For some reason today, I'm not talking right on the radio. Uh, thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you. Absolutely. That's going to do it for me. I will be back tomorrow. Hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station. We'll see you tomorrow.